Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Moms and Coaching Podcast. I'm Brooke Wyckoff, women's basketball coach at Florida State University and mom to my daughter, Avery. And I'm Erica Lambert, women's basketball coach at Abilene Christian University and mom to my daughters, Ava and Maya. Being a mom and being a coach are two amazing jobs, but being both provides a unique set of challenges, especially in the world of college athletics. So on this podcast, we discuss our experiences, share some advice, and have real conversations with other moms in coaching who get it. If you're a college coach, a high school coach, anyone working in athletics, or a working parent in general, we're so glad you're here listening in. We wanna encourage you to win the day and keep your family first. Hey y'all, Brooke and I had the best chat this week with Kate Pay, associate head coach for this year's national championship winning Stanford Cardinal. Kate was a phenomenal player at Stanford and went on to play professionally in the ABL and the WNBA. She made coaching stops at Pepperdine and San Diego State before returning to her alma mater in 2007, where she's been on the sidelines since. Kate has a bachelor's degree, master's degree, and a law degree from Stanford, so one of those uh, can-do-it-all types, to go along with a wealth of basketball knowledge. We're excited to talk about Stanford hoops, but also thrilled to share Kate's personal story about the family she grew up in, the family she's raising now, and how she approaches the dynamic of being a coaching mom. It's a really cool story, and I know you'll enjoy it. Hi, everyone, and welcome. The Moms and Coaching Podcast is back in action today after a basketball season-long hiatus. I'm here with Brooke, and we have a very special guest with us coming from the farm today. Kate Pay from Stanford Women's Basketball is joining us to talk a little hoops, talk a little mom stuff. Thank you so much for joining us, Kate. Thanks for having me, Erica and Brooke. I'm um, excited to be with you. Well, I got to say, this is a first for our podcast. We've never had a national champion on here yet. So thank you for being the first. I'm excited about being a national championship uh, champion. So I'm all for it. Yeah. And, you know, in a few minutes, I really want to dive into the road that you guys traveled just to get there because it was pretty remarkable with everything going on this year. But I just want to start specifically with the final four and the championship game and kind of what your life has looked like since then, what things have been like for your team. You, you can just brag on your players here for a second, because I know you've got some great ones. Well, I think, as you mentioned, it really um, it was an incredible journey this season. And uh, this past you know 12 months, 14 months has been incredibly hard for everybody in so many different ways. And I think for our team, um, you know, the journey we were on, we had some really unique challenges uh, just, uh, you know, being, uh, you know, kicked out of Santa Clara County, not being able to play on home, really living out of a, a suitcase and out of hotels for, you know, 10 weeks, um, you know, having to play it down in Santa Cruz, uh, just really, um, it, it's really mind boggling almost sometimes when you go back and reflect on everything. And then uh, to have it end the way that it did, uh, you know, with a national championship, um, you know, playing in the bubble uh, for, you know, kind of the COVID championship, we call it. It just is really, it's, um, it's really hard to put in words, quite frankly. Um, but we're just so incredibly proud of our team. Um, the incredible women that we have on our team. I really think that the adversity that we experienced off the court um, undoubtedly translated to our team's ability to handle adversity on the court. And you certainly saw that in those last two games. Um, 
you know, it's not like we we're blowing anybody out. We only won each game by one point. Uh, but, you know, I, I think undoubtedly there was a connection there. So uh, we have incredible women on our team. We had tremendous leadership this year uh, with our three senior captains, uh, Kiana Williams, Alyssa Jerome, Anna Wilson. Uh, you know, there were a lot of uh, ups and downs, curveballs, uh, just some really hard moments. And our, our team really stuck together. And I think um, they grew closer and uh, they really learned to rely on each other and be there for each other. And again, I think that that showed uh, the way they played. And, um, you know, it, it just was awesome. It, it's a really thrilling, thrilling uh, feeling. Well, we're big Kiana Williams fans here in Texas. So she was really fun to watch this year. And man, as coaches, we talk about the life lessons that our kids get to learn through basketball. And your team experienced that to the extreme this year. You know, I mean, you talk about how, the difficulties that your players overcame translated to the basketball court in this season. But I just think that that's something they'll carry with them for the rest of their lives. Absolutely. You know, when, um, when we weren't even sure if we were going to be able to come back to campus in the fall, uh, just with the kind of restrictions in our County and the state Stanford. And when we finally did get the opportunity, there still was so much up in the air. We, we weren't even sure if we were going to be able to, uh, you know, practice in our gym. We started out uh, on, the, on the tennis courts with baskets that we'd rolled out. Those were our first workouts. We weren't sure if there was going to be a season. Um, you know, Tara, um, you know, time and time again, she just said, you know what? Your middle name is flexible. And pretty soon it became flexible with a capital F. And our captains were, uh, they're in the process of designing their championship ring and they're trying to figure out what to put as the inscription. And they're thinking about putting flexible in there. And as you said, that's, um, you know, that that's a lifelong skill. Um, you know, I think they all learn about themselves a lot about themselves individually and collectively, and it will ser serve them well for the rest of their lives, undoubtedly. So you are special, not just because of all the reasons we're about to get into, but and not just because you're a national champion this year, but you are a two-time national champion, and which I think is just unbelievable. Um, as an alumni who coaches at my former uh, institution, you do the same thing. And you won a national championship, Stanford second back in 1992. Um, and I remember that team and, and watching and uh, was so inspired by all of you guys back then. Um, how was this one though special for you personally, having won one before as a player? Just curious what the differences were, what the, what the different emotions and, and feelings with, with each one was for you. Well, first of all, there's a 29 year gap. So what that really <laughs> makes me feel is old Brooke. <laughs> but you're uh, not, that's what's so amazing. You're not, you know, it, um, uh, that night after we won the national championship, we had an awesome, they took us on a riverboat parade through San Antonio. And, uh, it just was an amazing celebration. We had a, our family there kind of for the first time in a long time, um, not being able to come to games for most of the season. And, um, you know, uh, and we, we finally got back to the hotel and we sat in a circle, which is usually how we start, start um, you know, seasons that we do at Thanksgiving. So we sat in a circle because we knew that after that night, we'd never have that circle again. And I just was reflecting on the fact that, you know, for me personally, each person got a chance to go around and say something that they wanted to say to uh, that circle uh, that would never be the same. And, you know, it occurred to me, I just was, um, 
you know, I won that, uh, we won the national championship my freshman year in 1992. That was a long time ago. And it, it is so special. And I will forever be connected to the women that sat in that circle with me, the, my, my former teammates, coaches, and something that I get to carry with me for the rest of my life. But in some ways, it's only going through the years of your life, year after year, and then obviously being on this journey of coaching where you understand just how hard it is that it means that much more each year that goes by. And so I'm just really excited for the women on our team, as amazing as, as they felt that night and are going to continue to feel uh, as national champions um, and obviously are already preparing for next season, it will get more special to them as the years go by because that connection that they have with their teammates, um, that journey that, that we were all on together, um, nobody can ever take that away from them. So, um, you know, it's, it's just hard to believe. Honestly, we, we're, we're starting up our workouts and, uh, you know, they added the, we have our, our banners up there. It said national champions in it. You know, it said 1990, 1992. And there had been this big old hole over there on the other side. And they put 2021 up there. And, and quite honestly, I, I was crying in the gym when I saw it. That's really special. And it sounds like what you're saying is, you'll understand when you're older, you know, that's something we're told as kids, you just learn to appreciate it more. Okay. Talking about Stanford history, your family's pretty well known in Palo Alto. Um, but for people who don't know, can you just tell us about your legacy family? Sure. Well, I kind of, uh, I was actually born at Stanford hospital and my current office is less than a quarter of a mile away. So mostly I just say I haven't gotten very far in life. Um, <laughs> both, my, both my parents went to Stanford. My father played football at Stanford. Uh, my older brother, John played football and basketball at Stanford. He was a starting quarterback and a starting point guard. Uh, he also was my high school coach and we won three uh, state championships together. Uh, my sister went to Stanford and I was third in line. So um, sometimes I like to say it's kind of lack of imagination that I couldn't figure out anywhere else to go. But, um, you know, Stanford was really where my heart was. And um, I actually went to Stanford as a walk-on. Um, Tara uh, was the coach there. Um, she knew who I was, but, um, you know, didn't feel I was good enough to recruit. And I had options to go to other places, um, some Ivy League schools, some Pac-12 schools on scholarship. And I just deep in my heart, I knew that Stanford was where I wanted to be. So, um, you know, it, it's something that uh, Stanford and sports is something that's really always held my family together uh, growing up. And it's still something that keeps us close today. My family can still, uh, you know, cousins and uh, nieces, nephews, brother, sister can still come to games today and, uh, you know, get excited about our team. So it's, it's really kind of a family affair for, for me and my family. So what is that conversation like between you and Tara this, you know, so many years later about you being a walk-on and, and not maybe being good enough to get that scholarship right out of high school? I have a reminder of it every now and then. <laughs> he never really wanted me. Um, you know, that, that's something that's part of, um, it's something that's part of my identity, really. I was talking to one of the players on our team about this the other day. Um, I like that, you know, um, I, I, I like that feeling that, um, you know, I can get what I want by work, wanting it more and working harder than somebody else. So, um, you know, I've had a lot of people tell me, you know, that I can't do certain things my entire life, as I'm sure most people have. But, um, you know, that, that's part of my story and I like it. 
Well, speaking of family, let's get into some of the the really good stuff. This has all been great, but uh, talking about what we're really passionate about is our own personal families and kids. And we're so excited to learn more about yours and starting with your wife as of last August. Congratulations on being married. And um, Raquel, tell us about her and, and just kind of who she is, what she does and how she fits in as we talk about on this podcast to this crazy career of college coaching. I, I will tell you about Raquel, but I'm going to back up one second if that's okay. Yeah. Um, I think this might be a little bit different than maybe some of uh, the moms who are listening. I, my journey as a mom started as a single parent by choice and by design. Um, I talked a little bit about my family. Um, I grew up with a very tight knit family. Family was really the foundation for everything. And uh, my mother, who unfortunately is no longer with us, I lost her to cancer in 2013, uh, was really the love of my life, just was my everything. And growing up, I knew that because that relationship, relationship was so fundamental to who I was, that I wanted the chance to experience that on the other end. So I knew that I always wanted to be a mom. And uh, when I kind of got started back here at Stanford, I've been here 14 years now. So maybe my, I don't know, third or fourth year, I was about 35 and uh, I hadn't found anybody I want to spend my life with, but I knew I wanted to be a mom. And I also knew that as we all do, you know, your clock's ticking a little bit. And, I, you know, here I was surrounded by friends and family. I just said, you know, this is something I'm going to do. And, you know, I called my mom. She said, great. I thought, you know, she's all for it. So, um, you know, I, I uh, got pregnant and, um, you know, had my first child cast in 2010. And unfortunately, not long after Cass was born, my mom got ill and um, she passed away in 2013. And once I lost my mother, um, as I said, we'd always, always had a very close family, but I, I saw how much I needed my brother and my sister in a whole new way. And I knew that I wanted that for Cass. And so it was a bit of a stretch for me uh, at the time. And I say uh, on my own, I, I had tremendous support from family, from friends, from my work, um, you know, my work family, our Stanford team. Um, but it was a stretch. So I had a, a second child, Anne, uh, to give Cass a sibling. Uh, so I was a single, single parent of, of two, which, uh, you know, is, um, you know, challenging. challenging <laughs> amazing. Especially. Yeah. Challenging is amazing. Wow. And I'd lost my mom too, yeah. who had been a big support. So, um, you know, just with a lot of support from family, friends, a lot of juggling, a lot of balls in the air, making a lot of different schedules, you know, a lot of nannies, um, you know, I kind of, I, I made it work. So um, this is a long story to telling you when I did finally meet Raquel, uh, it was totally unexpected um, and I uh, feel very fortunate that um, uh, we met through a friend of a friend, uh, through a basketball connection. And, um, you know, Raquel has just been a wonderful compliment to uh, my life, our life. She's a terrific mother. Uh, she's from California. Um, she's Portuguese. Uh, her parents live in Lodi and grow grapes um, for wine. And her parents make wine. And, um, you know, she's just been a tremendous blessing for me, for Cass, for Anne. Um, and, um, you know, just really giving a, a lot of balance. So it is a lot easier to do it with a partner. That's for sure. Thank you for sharing all of that, that background. 
um, because it is a little bit different, uh, you know, for, for most of us, but I do, I relate to you as a single parent um, and a single parent of one has been, uh, you know, more than I can handle. I can't imagine <laughs> single parent of two. So how was that just balancing, you know, if you can think back um, to when Cass was first, you know, born and, and how did you navigate that? You said you had the support of family and friends, but when it came to travel, when it came to, you know, having to be at the office and um, all of those things, kind of what got you through was it? And, and how did you, how did you feel during that time? Well, I think as uh, any any parent, a mom will tell you, your first child is just kind of like, whoa, what is this? You know, it's, it totally upends your whole life and you have to learn new routines. And uh, but at the same day, it, it's this incredible miracle. You know, you as you guys know, you wake up and it's just like it's like Christmas every single morning. Like, where did this baby come from? Yeah. Um, you know, you just, you get the hang of it and every day is different. You wake up and how am I going to get through today? And you might have plan A, but then you need plan B, plan C, plan D. And sometimes they all go out the window and you got to figure something else out. Um, but you certainly, uh, as we all know, um, just like with basketball, I mean, you need great people around you. You need a lot of love, a lot of support, um, you know, from family, from friends, from coworkers. Um, and you just got to, uh, you know, women have been doing this for all time in a lot of different professions. And, um, you know, I just believe that women are incredibly strong. Uh, they're the backbone of our society and uh, we, we all figure out a way to get it done. Can you tell us a little bit more about your kids? Like what are they into right now? Sure. Uh, I have a fourth grader cast who's 10 and the kindergartner Ann, who's five. Um, we've been really fortunate. They've actually been in person full time since late fall. Uh, they go to a little school kind of right across the street. So that's been great. Uh, Cass does soccer and a little bit of tennis. Uh, Anne right now is doing flag football and tennis and some soccer. Um, you know, I think the hardest part about this past year, I'm sure you all can relate and listeners can relate, is um, not being able to have, you know, my kids more a part of what we're doing with our team. And, you know, they're very used to coming to the games all the time or a Saturday morning practice. Um, you know, Cass, who's older, usually goes on at least one trip with our team and is the, the, you know, helped our trainer with the water bottles and the towels and sits on the bench. And she loves that. So, um, you know, they're excited to be able to come to the Pac-12 tournament and eventually the final four. But, um, you know, I think we're very fortunate. Um, you know, they're happy, they're healthy uh, with, with um, you know, it's just been, as we all know, the pandemic has been challenging on so many people in so many ways and on young, young people too. You know, I have a lot of uh, friends whose whose children are, are really struggling. So I'm hoping that uh, we can get kids back in school in person as soon as we can. So along with your championship winning team, I think one of the biggest stories of the NCAA tournament was just the road that you guys traveled to get to that point. And you already mentioned some of that 10 weeks on the road. I forget, you know, the special that was airing when you guys played talked about all the nights away. And the, you know, the information that America was getting from the TV broadcast was just about your team. But I kept thinking about you just like, wait a minute, what does this mean for her family? How did you, I mean, what did that look like for you guys this year? Uh, it was, it was different. You know, I think um, at the beginning, if you told our team, look, this is what you're going to have to do. It would have been too overwhelming to even think about it. You know, we really were just taking it, you know, literally maybe one week at a time, like, okay, uh, we can't play at Maples. We got to pack our bags. We're going to Vegas for a week. 
you know, then let's see what's going to happen. Okay, this is what we're going to do the next week. Um, the most I was away from home was, was uh, well, three weeks at the beginning when we were on the road, and then three weeks for the NCAA tournament. So um, obviously, that's where I'm really grateful that, you know, I have such a tremendous partner in Raquel. And, um, you know, she was really a rock star this year. And uh, thank goodness for technology and FaceTime and Zoom, uh, you know, um, so it, it was challenging at times, you know, we had a couple week long road trips in January because we weren't able to practice at home. So when we would go on the road, play Utah, Colorado, we'd have to leave on a Tuesday and come back on a Sunday night. Um, you know, but fortunately, I guess, um, you know, my kids love school. They have wonderful teachers. They have great friends. They have great activities. They're happy. You know, they love being at home, living their life. And I, and I want that for them. So, um, you know, somehow we made it work. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. And I do feel like kids in athletics are just super flexible. You already used that word. Um, you know, we know that our schedules are pretty crazy and that can make things challenging. But I think one of the benefits of what we do is that our kids are really flexible. You know, they're just really content in whatever, whatever that day is going to bring and no two days look alike. So that's great. Although I can imagine that's really challenging to have to FaceTime with your five-year-old for all those nights away. We actually, it was kind of fun though. You know, we, um, right before I left, we got the Christmas tree and before I went on this, you know, I knew I was going to be gone for three weeks, you know, before leading up to Christmas, we got the Christmas tree. I decorated over zoom. That was, that was the first. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I've never heard that before. I wonder if anyone else did that this year. <laughs> That's a good way to still stay involved though, stay in the living room. Okay, so as coaches, of course, we all wanna win championships. We're all trying to be like you. Um, we wanna emulate programs with championship habits and you know, the storied history of Stanford women's basketball and, and your legendary head coach, um, 14 trips to the final four is just incredible. And I know that, you know, none of us want to share our secrets, but I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about some of the championship habits that you think set your program apart. Sure. Well, as you say, it undoubtedly starts with uh, Tara, our head coach, a Hall of Famer, um, simply one of the best coaches in the history of sport. Um, I've been very fortunate to know Tara since I was 11 years old. Uh, and, you know, other than my parents, you know, just to have that, um, that such a special person in my life for so long who you can learn from, um, who is just really consistent. Uh, you know, Tara is, um, you know, the, the, the start and end of the story about Stanford women's basketball. You know, it all starts with her incredible uh, leadership, her passion for the game, uh, what a tremendous teacher, communicator she is, uh, what a tremendous representative for Stanford, for women's basketball. Um, so I, I just feel blessed that I get to uh, play for her and to work with her. You know, I learn stuff every, every day. Um, you know, I think uh, the biggest thing that Tara, I think, starts with is her integrity. Um, Tara is totally committed to doing the right thing uh, for the right reason and always working to do that. And, you know, that's a lot, um, you know, that, that's hard, um, you know, but that, that's kind of her basic operating principle. And then from there, you know, I don't think it's any, um, you know, we like to say basketball isn't rocket science. You know, it's... Um, uh, we try to really keep it simple. You know, we're just trying to get better today. You know, we were in the gym this morning. We we're trying to, to, you know, help our team improve, help our program improve. Um, I think Tara does a really good job of not getting too high, not getting too low, just being like really consistent. Um, you know, so 
um, you know, um, learning from a win as much as you're going to learn from a loss and uh, you know just really being the same person every single day and really trying to um, you know I think Tara is an excellent example for coaches uh, just in her tremendous humility uh, it is not about Tara it is always about our team and you know I think um, I think for me it's kind of maybe relating to the subject that we're talking about a little bit uh, as a as a mom, um, you know I have tremendous support at work, and I do you know every now and then I'll bring a kid on the trip or come to practice. But I try to be really mindful about when I do those things because um, it is not about. I never want it to be about me and my kids. Uh, I want to be a great coach. I want to be a great professional, and you know I want to make sure that you know me and what I might have going on in my life is never a distraction to our team and what our team is trying to accomplish so that when I'm at in the gym when I'm in the office you know I'm fully really focused on that so that when I get home you know I can I can be fully focused on being a mom you know and there are times where we all have to juggle both we know that um but you know I think uh you know Tara and her humility it's just always about our team you know it's never about her and you saw that this year even you know setting the record for being the all-time winningest coach um in kind of a weird circumstance in an empty gym in the middle of Stockton um just celebrating it with our team which I think was um in some ways really fitting for Tara uh even in that moment uh she managed to make our team feel like it was experience and accomplishment that they were sharing with her and, you know, it's just, um, like I said, I feel really blessed to, to learn every day from somebody like that. I heard you speak maybe, I don't know if it was last year's final four virtual replacement, whatever it was, but you were talking about uh, scouting, scouting reports or your approach to game prep. And I remember you talking about film and there was like a time limit, like you guys will only watch film for a certain amount of time. I don't remember what the time was. I just remember it was a lot shorter than what I was used to. And I just thought, man, that sounds so efficient. But then thinking about your final four victories, you know, over the two games, your margin of victory was two points. So uh, that game prep comes into play, you know, times 10. Uh, you know, scouting is something that we take a lot of pride in and that we feel is a, a competitive advantage for our team and our program. Um, you know, Tara loves to watch video and uh, we watch a lot of video on ourselves. We watch, watch a lot of video on our opponents. Um, I think our philosophy is that, uh, you know, with the types of kids that we get, that something that we can do is game plan and really study our opponents. And we're committed to taking away individual and team tendencies. And that gives us the best chance to be successful. Uh, so we study a lot of film and we spend a lot of time figuring out how we're going to uh, teach our team, how we're going to present it to them, how we're going to walk them through it, how we're going to drill them, because, uh, you know, we're, we will do, we, we like to say, we'll do whatever it takes to win. You know, we'll copy anybody else. We'll try, try plan A, you know, talk about plan A, plan B, plan C. We literally will sometimes go into a game with, you know, three or four different ways that we're willing to play a ball screen or defend a boast. And we tell our team all the time, hey, we'll change it anytime. We will do whatever works, you know, but that takes a lot of time to really, um, and a lot of buy-in from our players. And our I think the women on our team, um, they take a lot of pride in how much they study their scouting report. So uh, we do spend a lot of time on it. I don't think our team would think there's a time limit. I think sometimes they think it goes on forever and ever and ever, but uh, we definitely try to have a feel for the room when you got to cut it and you're losing them because, you know, when, when, when you lost them, they're gone. You got to get out yeah. there and get moving. 
Well, changing gears just a little bit, let's talk about some championship habits that you have at home. Uh, You know, part of the purpose of our Moms and Coaching Network is just to share ideas about how we make it all work. And again, this past year was just a total fluke and not not a good model for anybody. But thinking back to before that, and you've had um, single parent and, and now married, so those look a little bit different. But what are some of the ways that you and Raquel kind of work together to make all the logistics of home go? Well, I think I kind of, uh, kind of in thinking about this conversation, uh, a little bit what I said earlier, like, um, I really want when I'm at, at work, and I'm coaching, I want to as much as I can, be totally immersed in that process so that I'm fully present for our players, our team, and our other coaches. Um, and then when I'm at home, I really just want to be home, you know, I don't want to be texting on my phone or, you know, um, you know, um, doing other things or on my computer. Now, sometimes you are, my kid know. my kids know there's been many a time where I have to excuse myself from dinner because I got to go take this recruiting call because we all know if you don't pick up the phone, you're, you, you know, they get that, you know? And, um, I think, um, you know, so just trying to kind of really, um, and we all know as women, you, you have to, you have to work harder and work smarter and, you know, really prioritize well and, uh, make sure that, you know, the things that you're spending time are, on are going to directly contribute to winning and being successful for your team. Um, you know, we're very much a family. We, we eat home. We cook most nights. Uh, we try and trade that off a little bit. I, lo- I mean, I love to, um, you know, my mom always cooked for me, so I love cooking for my kids, you know, but it certainly is nice to be able to share some of those responsibilities with somebody else. Brooke, I hope your husband cooks. Um. Sometimes <laughs> I was going to say, Brooke and I are not gifted in the kitchen. Mm-mm. So to hear, yeah, that's great for you, Kate. Good for yes. you. <laughs> oh, yes. Everybody's got to do it however works for them. That's I for know. sure. <laughs> I was yeah. wondering too, if, if like, does wine help you through it? I mean, you I said Raquel's parents make wine. Do you have like a steady Ooh. supply at your doorstep? <laughs> we do. She's from Lodi, California, which is wine country. So oh dream. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, okay. Kate, when you were talking earlier about, um, coach Vandeveer and, and just kind of your guys' personality at Stanford and just watching you over the years, you seem unflappable. I mean, when I look at you, Kate, and obviously at, at Tara, it's like, you guys, like you said, you, you don't get too high. You don't get too low. That's what it looks like on the outside. Um, and, and really I admire you for that. And especially as a longtime assistant, um, there and, and knowing Tara so well, I mean, I know with my boss, I know her so well, it's easy to sometimes get emotional (laughs) and let those things go. So I really look up, I really look up to you. You seem unflappable, but I do want to know if you don't mind sharing, um, has there been some hard days or moments coaching as a mom, um, that you've, that you've gone through recently or, or mom fail you can share to, to, to make you seem, you're super mom, you're super woman, you seem like that. And, um, you know, but is, has there been something that kind of tripped you up maybe recently that you can share with all of us? <laughs> well, first I will say, you know, people always say that I think first and foremost about Tara, she looks so calm. I'm like, what game are you guys watching? 
you know, and then Tara always, always, we laugh. We're like, well, yeah, that's because we're wearing a mask. Nobody can read our lips, what, you know, what we're saying. But, you know, coaching was definitely different, as we all know, this year on, on the benches, social, uh, socially distanced and everything. So uh, that was really challenging, you know. So I'm looking forward to kind of getting back to a normal bench. But let's see, mom fails. I messed up lunch twice last week. I forgot to order hot lunch, but I told my kids I ordered hot lunch. So they went and there's no food. And then the next day I put something, I don't know, some frozen thing that was in my freezer. I was like, oh, let's use this up. And it was mac and cheese, but apparently it was mac and cheese made from vegetables, which when my five-year-old got home, told me that that was the worst thing she'd ever had in her entire life. So that was two days in a row. I felt really bad about that. Um, I don't know, something that's kind of different, um, you know, with my 10-year-old, all of a sudden I feel like she's 20. You know, it's just like kind of entering a whole new phase of parenting. And we're watching this, this show, Big Shot, on the Disney Channel, which seems kind of mature to me. And, uh, you know, she had her first boy party. And then all of a sudden, we had to throw away almost all of her American Girl doll stuff, which she'd been into because she doesn't want toys anymore. She wants her room to be more mature. So um, I don't that's been a little kind of... Um, something I need to adjust to because it's different. So, you know, but one thing, as I said, uh, my mom always told me that uh, parenting, it just gets better year after year. So, and I think that's true. And, um, you know, I don't know if that's a fail, but it is different now with entering in this tween phase. Oh, I, yeah, my daughter's seven and it's, I was just telling my fiance the other day, it's like I, the days are, you know, that, that saying the days are long, the years are short, you know, when you're with her, you know, minute in a minute out, I got to entertain. I got to, you know, hear mommy a million times. It's like, ah, I love you, you know, but when I'm looking at her playing, like what you're talking about, Kate, uh, with Cass, I mean, it's just like, man, that it just, man, it goes so fast. And I'm dreading those days where she's gonna start to ask for those same types of things. And, um, but not dreading because like your mom said, each phase has been so cool. I have yeah. to agree with that because I think, you know, when your kids are little, everybody warns you that it'll go so fast. And so you, you do kind of dread it a little bit, like, oh my gosh, this is just so fleeting, but my kids are eight and 10 now, and it is such a fun stage. They're so independent. They're just funny. They just, we just laugh at them every day. And, you know, the, yeah, the 10 year old thing, my oldest is 10 and she's just, we're starting to navigate that too, Kate, like what's cool, what's no longer cool. Some conversations we should probably start having. I just bought this book. I haven't read it yet. I'll let you guys know if it's good, but it's called 14 conversations to have before they're 14. And that just seems like, you know, something to guide our conversations, uh, mom and daughter at this age. But yeah, don't, uh, for our listeners who have little ones, enjoy it, but it's, it's not all downhill from there. <laughs> it gets really fun. It does. I think that's one of the, the blessings I feel like about having a job that's demanding like this and also having kids maybe at a later age. It's, I do cherish every single one of those hugs. I, maybe I'm even more than I imagine myself if I was younger or had more time or, you know, at home all the time. I don't know. I just, I feel like the situation that I'm in, that we're in, it's like, man, yeah, you don't want any of these moments to slip by. I cherish every single one, even the hundredth mommy uh, that I hear. <laughs> I'm like, um, so again, what are, what are you guys doing this summer, Kate? Like what, what do you have coming up? What does summer look like uh, in California, Stanford women's basketball schedule? And how do you keep 
the the kids occupied and and what do you guys have planned? Well, uh, you know, we're really excited. Things are getting a lot better here in the Bay Area, California, and Stanford campus. Um, you know, vaccination rates are, are um, you know, doing really well, so we're excited about that. Um, let's see, the day that school lets out for my daughters, we are hopping a flight to Hawaii, so we're looking forward to that. Um, we just planned um, to be in Carmel for 4th of July, and then we have our eye on a trip to Portugal for um, our first time in August. You know, hopefully that kind of some of the restrictions around European travel will be uh, uh, eased by then. Uh, well, all of us are going to be back in the gym in July. That's back. Uh, you know, our team is really excited. Uh, we'll have everybody on campus this summer. And, and you know, we couldn't do that last summer. Um, you know, working out, you know, but something, you know, I was just talking with Tara this morning, um, you know, trying to make our summer plans. And as coaches, you know, we're always trying to figure out how do you, you know, the recruiting with the, you know, uh, camps, if you're running camps with workouts and weight room. And, and I just said, well, what did we do with the last summer? Nothing, <laughs> you know, not now, not nothing, but we weren't in person to do any workouts. So, um, you know, I think we're, we're as coaches, we're really trying to learn um, from some of the unintended lessons, I think that we learned through the pandemic, uh, really that a lot of times is less is more. Um, I think that um, undoubtedly as, a, as the best thing that we did as coaches this year is, is kept our team healthy. Uh, you know, we didn't have, we didn't have really any major injuries. We didn't have anybody have surgery this spring. Um, so again, as coaches, just trying to learn from that. So, but I, I love summer, um, you know, I, I just, um, it's a great time of year. And, uh, you know, just looking forward to some, some special time with my family and, and uh, hopefully be able to, uh, hopefully my kids will be able to get a chance to get back around our team. They really miss being able to go to the gym and, and spend time with them. Mm. That sounds like a fabulous summer. I want, <laughs> that is awesome. And that, oh, I love what you said about the fact, the question you asked Tara this morning, what did we do with them? Nothing. And we won a national championship. It's such a good, you know, thing to keep in mind because I know we, we love to just maximize everything we can and control it. Um, but when we don't, then it does open up more time for family, I think. And that balance we're all chasing. So, oh, that's so fun. Well, ha I just wish you guys the best in travels and yes, fingers crossed for that European travel by August. Come on. Um, all right. Well, this has been so great. We have one more question for you. It's what we ask all of our moms that we have on. And what we want to know is what is winning the game for you right now? Um, it could be anything. It could be, uh, you know, something serious or funny. But if you had to say what's winning the game for Kate Pay today, what, it, what would that be? You can't say Haley Jones. We already yeah, know well, yeah, one. right. Dang, that's a good one, Erica. This might seem really random. So uh, the national championship game was on April 4th. On April 7th, I had major knee surgery. Um, I One of the things that I love to do for myself is to run. Uh, that's kind of my form of exercise. That's kind of the gift that I give to myself. I like to get out and you know kind of run four or five times a week kind of out in the mountains and trails and things like that. And because uh, just all the basketball I've played and just getting old, I've developed some early arthritis. So um, one of the solutions they gave was to have this kind of radical, or at least it seems radical to me, surgery called an osteotomy. 
which is where they straighten my leg. So I'm bow-legged and they basically took my leg where I'm having symptoms. They broke it. I have a frame drilled into my leg and I have, um, they kind of move my weight bearing line over. And so basically I've had this frame in my leg since April 7th. Um, and I think I get it out the first week in June. So that's kind of, it's been a really a very challenging experience. One of the hardest physical things I've ever done. The first three weeks were very painful, um, but I knew that this was worth it. Um, my, my wife and my children were like, you need to be able to run because that is what you do. That's kind of your, uh, that's your therapy. That's your spirituality. That's where, that's something that I do for myself. And that really provides me a lot of balance. So, I mean, I've, I'm kind of really going through it right now, but, um, I'm looking forward to getting this frame out of my, uh, out of my leg the first week in June, and then, you know, rehabbing over the course of the summer. So that hopefully, uh, come fall, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, re I'm ready to run and, uh, get back going with the season. So that is how I'm winning. I'm getting myself healthy so I can get back out there and run, which is oh something that, you know, you know, when you talk about balance, you have to do something for yourself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that, that's what it, you know, for different people, it's different things, but this is what it is for me. So yeah. um, that's what's winning it for me. Wow. Well, best of luck. Yeah. The beginning of June, that's coming close. So, so what do you do for exercise? Do you have an arm bike at least? <laughs> what do you do? Right now it's just stretching around. That's plenty of workout yeah, as it is. True. True. Oh, bless your heart. Wow. Yeah. yeah way to celebrate the championship intense. with a surgery, a major surgery. <laughs> well, I, I keep saying, you know, it's a lot better to have major surgery after you win than major surgery after you lose. Amen. So yes. It, yes. It's all good. It's all good. Amen. All right, Amen. Kate. Well, thank you so much. I know that after winning, you should be able to just take a break, but I'm sure you've had so much going on and obviously with the injury too, um, or with the surgery too, but thank you so much for making time for this. Um, we started this a year ago, not really knowing what it would look like and took a break during basketball season. And I guess now we're kind of kicking off uh, season two, our unofficial season <laughs> two of the Monson Coaching Podcast. And you're just the perfect first guest to have on. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Erica. Thank you, Brooke. I hope you guys, I hope your family, your children are doing really well. And to all the uh, moms out there listening, hope everyone's doing well. Uh, I think we're almost through this. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I hope everybody has a wonderful and safe summer. We want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in to the Moms and Coaching Podcast. We hope you'll join us again for our next episode. Also, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at momsincoaching at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at momsincoaching. Bye everyone. Until next time.